Hello, this is Rabbi Mark Soloway. Welcome to A Dash of Drush, weekly reflections on our world through the lens of Torah. Prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, and with thanksgiving I'll be a living sanctuary for you. That song's become really popular in the Jewish world. It's borrowed, of course, from the the Christian gospel world, but the word sanctuary is um, is really up for us right now in the world and in the Torah. And uh, just wanting to reflect on that concept of sanctuary. There are two words in the Torah, Mishkan, which is sort of a dwelling place, a dwelling place for God, you could say, and Mikdash, a place of, of holiness, a holy space for God. And so we're going to reflect on that idea of, of sanctuary, personal sanctuary, community sanctuary. I'm really, really thrilled. I'm actually recording this today from live from uh, New York City. I'm here for a, a wonderful gathering of, of rabbis learning, uh, very intensely learning um, Torah and Talmud. And I'm here with the co-founder and the president and CEO of Machon Chadar, which is our, our host community. It's a, it's a kind of egalitarian learning institution, very, very deep and serious learning. Very grateful to be here. And really, really great to reconnect with an old friend, Rabbi Eli Kampfer, who's here. Hi. Hello. So good to see you. Really nice to be here. And if you hear in the background um, the noise of people studying Torah, you might because we're, we're, we are here, right here in the in the basement of, of Machon Hadar. So we're going to have a little conversation about this idea. Uh, I mean, first of all, how, how do you respond to the English word sanctuary? What 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 does that evoke for you? Yeah, for me, especially these days, sanctuary has sort of a protective element to it, um, a place you could run towards or flee towards um, where no one can harm you, uh, which I'm not sure necessarily overlaps with my associations with the word mikdash, um, which also I think you mentioned holy it also has sort of a some extent like a danger element to it as well um you know the mikdash is a place where if things aren't totally in order um you know it can it can go awry for the people who are nearby um think of like nadav and avihu aaron's sons who are stricken down for you know offering strange fire in the in the dedication of the sanctuary um so the, the paradox of a place that's supposed to be about spiritual safety being a place of spiritual danger. Yeah, yeah, or, or, or that it protects only the people who are meant to be protected, uh. um, but doesn't protect everyone without any judgment. Uh. Because the, in the world right now, we're hearing sanctuary, obviously, in a very, in a very different way. There's, there's um, a lot of cities, including Boulder, Colorado, the, the, the city council unanimously voted to have Boulder be a sanctuary city, which is, is a term that really, I'm not entirely sure what it means, but, but I, I understand it politically, meaning that the, 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 local, uh, the local government, including the, 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 the um, city police and the county sheriff's department, won't cooperate with federal uh, agencies who are trying to um, 
you know, trying to criminalize uh, people. And, and so that's got a very political mm. ring to it. And of course, there are some um, churches and synagogues that are joining this sanctuary movement. And there are, there are church basements that are actually housing like undocumented workers and refugees and things like that. So it has that real sense to it. There are a lot of people in this world who are feeling unsafe and that sanctuary becomes a, a place of safety. But maybe we'll come back to that. But I want to, like in terms of the the Torah, I mean, we, we are entering this, this um, Parsha, which begins hundreds, I think, of, of Pesukim, of verses that talk about the elaborate nature of building this space, and it becomes this, this real occupation for the Israelites who are just getting so involved in this building project. And towards the beginning, it's, the verse says, Va'asuli mikdash, v'shachanti betocham. God says, make for me a mikdash, make for me this holy space, and then I will dwell not in the space but among among the people and it's so uh, rich for interpretation that 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 kind of verse but that idea there of a it's it's mishkan and mikdash kind of merge in a way in that in that verse so how do we understand that I mean classically rabbinically or, or just personally like how, how do you understand that that notion the distinction between Mishkan and Mikdash, or the or the or the integration of those two terms together in that verse. Y- yes, I, I think so. And just what the difference might be between a, a place where God dwells and a place that's made holy through what we do there. I suppose. Yeah. yeah. As we were saying earlier, that Mikdash has this somewhat of a danger element to it, and uh, even though it is also a, a protected place. I mean, sanctuary, I assume, comes from sanctus, meaning holy, so there's the holy element to it, or the yeah. set aside, or set off, or, you know, demarcated. You know, we think about what, what does holy mean? It's sort of something that is not meant to be contaminated by uh-huh. by chol, by, you know, profane. Um, I think of, I don't know, for me, Mishkan brings up the resonances of Shrina, which is more, I mean, classically, I just to be the feminine aspect of God and, and therefore maybe a softer side of God, the dwelling the dwelling within us that, uh, that sort of p- penetrates and is, um, I, I don't know, more loving, more supportive than sort of like the building, the holy building that, you know, priests go to work in, uh-huh. um, which is, which I associate just personally more with, with the word mikdash. So the place of dwelling is not about the, the physical material substance of the space, it's about the space that we create in our hearts for that dwelling to happen, the Shekhinah. I mean, it might be both, um, but I think that what's powerful about the verse you cited is that it at least is playing with this idea that it's not just an external building that we could contribute to and and see uh, the work of our hands, but really the work of our our spiritual work and our our internal work is also ultimately where God is going to dwell. Mm -hmm. Because you could imagine a world in which God only dwells in God's house you know, in, 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 in this removed yes, yes. holy mountain. Um, but that verse seems to speak otherwise. And, and it seems to imply the work we do as individuals, but really the work we do in community. How, how do we create the kinds of communities where God, so to speak, is, is, is among us in, yeah. the, in the work that we do? Well, as you said, it's the word, it's betocham uh, as opposed to you know betochacha. You know, it's it's it's, yeah. a, it's a communal word as opposed to an individual word. Right. God dwells among us, not among me or in me. Yes, and so uh, clearly in the the way that the, uh, clearly, I mean, in the the way the Torah describes it, it's that um, the the community shows up by everybody bringing something. Everybody brings something, and there's this whole idea of being. 
um, having this sense of nadivli bo, like they 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 have this this willingness of heart, this sense of volunteerism, uh, you could say. And obviously this this is used <laughs> by a lot of people to be a fundraising pitch, like everybody has to contribute to this, to creating this space, and, and the materials are all described. And so there's, there's ways in which we show up. But if we're, if we're really thinking about the types of community that we want to establish, I mean, you've created a beautiful community here of, you know, young people who are just brought together by by traditional texts and Torah, but it's not just like learning. Really, I think uh, from what I've experienced, with a, a sense of uh, of engaging with the world as well as the text. And um, I mean, so I mean, that's the community you're most familiar with, and it's it's a, a community of prayer as well as a community of study. So you want to reflect how how that relates to the idea of truma of of, of showing up with with substance with material. Yeah, it's it's fascinating when you think about like a, the fundraising campaign, as you, as you suggested. You oftentimes will build build a building, and it is something that uh, exists with a naming opportunity and all the you know various wings and, and and sections. But it it's not movable. You know, it's just it's sort of by nature of it being permanent. It's something that you want to donate to because it sort of gives this lie that we can live beyond our our, our years. Because the building will will outlive us, but the Mishkan was was mobile. Like it, it, it was something that was specifically not permanent, and I guess in that way is distinct from Mikdash, or at least Mikdash is later used, which is you know a set place in Jerusalem where everybody goes to. But I and, I, and Mikdash, by the way, is usually is translated as the Temple in Jerusalem. Beit Hamikdash is ultimately becomes the Temple in Jerusalem. Yes. Yeah, and, and I think that the. The power of the image of donating towards something or giving your, you know, a portion of your heart towards something that will also continue to move with you in your journey. You know, they're, they're journeying around the desert. They are presumably not the same people as they were 40 years earlier. And um, to have the structure or the, you know, externalized presence of God as something that accompanies them wherever they go um, and something that they contributed to making that structure. It's a very powerful image. I mean, I'm trying to think of even what, what an analog would be today, but it's not, the analog is not a building. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, it can be, it can be a building, but it's really what happens inside the building and the kind of people who gather in the building that is of what's, what's important, you know, I mean, in, in Boulder, Colorado, for instance, we've just, there's a, a massive new JCC that has, that has um, actually kind of harshly and ironically as we speak today is a, a, this this day that we're recording this is another day that many Jewish community centers across the country have been evacuated because of bomb scares so this this idea that we create communal space for our for safety in places where people gather to feel safe and to feel protected of become targets in a certain way is has a whole kind of other dimension to it which we may or may not get to but I think, I, I think the, the point is that there are some very beautiful buildings that um, that that are celebrated and the people have given a lot of money to, but really, ultimately, it is about what goes on inside the buildings and what goes on inside the hearts of the individuals who who feel the connections to those buildings that that feel so imp important. Shekhinah, I mean, that the, the, going back to that whole idea of Shekhinah as being a presence that can be, you know, deeply felt within each of us. Feels like something we need right now, doesn't it? In our world, absolutely. I mean, you think about what what it means to offer people sanctuary. There is the physical and very necessary physical safe space, but also 
that internal presence that um, we need to be reminded of is part of you know who we are and what we're meant to experience in this world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are there? I mean, aside from the direct community, I mean, maybe this is a contrived question, but I'm just wondering if there are places that you can think of in your own life where you feel especially safe and um, mm. you know spiritually and physically yeah it's interesting <coughs> when I think about safety I often think about the way in which I relate to my children part of which is really trying to give them the impression that the world is safe which for all of us is a construct I mean the world is a very not safe place and we construct these physical centers that give us the illusion that we're living in safety. We lock our doors and we have walls and, uh, you know, th th there's some protection from the outside. I think we, we live on the, here in New York, we live on the river. Um, so when it rains or there's a storm, it's very windy and the wind rattles the windows. That, and um, uh, it, it, I, I often think about how lucky we are to have walls to protect us. But all that is just an illusion. I mean, it's, it, I mean, it's a very helpful illusion. <laughs> it's, I don't get wet and blown over, but, um, but we are all really um, exposed, you know, in the ultimate way. And, um, and, and I think about, you know, the responsibility of offering children that illusion and, and having them believe that they are safe when, when really none of us is, is ultimately safe. And I think that's in some ways where you know, spirituality or the belief in God starts to play. Mm -hmm. um, certainly the, the, the Torah and the Bible brings out an image of you're not, you know, the strongest walls are not really what's going to protect you. Um, it has to be some sense of morality or walking with God that's going to really offer you the, the protection that we all want. Mm. And, and a sense of being connected to each other. I mean, one of the things that I found so so moving is as different peoples feel not just feel but are kind of under threat and there was you know an arson attack on a, on a mosque in Tampa Florida and there are all these bomb threats at the JCC and now two Jewish cemeteries one you know one in in St. Louis and and, and one um, in in Philadelphia have been desecrated and and there's something about like that could be about you know increasing this this sense of enmity and, and and forces that work against each other but there's been some extraordinary um, coming together like with with a lot of you know people in the in the, in the is in the Muslim community raising you know hundred and twenty five hundred and thirty thousand dollars for to repair you know graves and then offering rewards you know care which is the Council of American Islamic relations has offered rewards to anybody who has information about the bomb threats in the in the JCCs the Jewish community centers around around the country and then you know similarly there's been a crowdsource crowdfunding campaign to raise raise money to to re repair the damage from the arson attack on the mosque so I mean I feel like even though clearly the Torah is defining holy space for our people, it seems like we're in a world right now where we're sort of helping each other with that sense of safety, helping each other with that sense of sanctuary in a world where there are forces of, of, of evil and forces that are set to, you know, have these horrible acts of, of, of hatred perpetrated against us. Right. Well, I, I think that the Torah, the Tanakh, certainly has the, the vision that 
ultimately God's sanctuary, the Mikdash, will not be for a small chosen people, but really for everyone who wants to walk in the ways of God. Um, you know, Beti my my house will be called the house of prayer for all for all people. Um, I mean, I think you're you're sort of pointing to the silver lining in these moments of threat that that is triggering uh, people to come together, um, and that's uh, that is a positive thing, and, and maybe maybe a byproduct of uh, imagining what's what sanctuary mm-hmm. um, could be. I, mean, I even think internally to the Jewish people, you know, all the volunteerism that is uh, that is um, capitalized upon to build the Mishkan. It's not just the rich get to make the donation, meaning everybody apparently participated, and that's the full community, um, the people who are ignored, who are not valued. Everybody is bringing something in that sort of conception of the yeah. entire community is, is building this, not just the elite or, yeah. you know, the most loved. Well, last Shabbat we read the the Machatzita Shekel, the, the, the Torah reading that's read, you know, as we enter this month, which we started this week of, of Adar, the month that brings us the the holiday of Purim, but this idea of uh, everyone, there's an equalizing force where where the Torah tells us that everybody, regardless of whether you're rich or poor, brings out half a shekel. Is that is that connected to, to what you just yeah, said? Yeah, well, that, the half a shekel is another interesting uh, trope in which everybody is valued at the same amount. And everybody, whether rich or poor, better, you know, yeah. whatever you're going to divide up society, you all get to count for half a shekel. And I think that's a rare, you know, it's the one person, one vote idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, it's rare moments in life where we are all equalized yeah. um, in that way. And I guess part of when people don't feel safe or when they feel under threat or when there's, you know, um, conflict that arises between people where one, one person's worth is not valued in the same way as another person's worth. So perhaps our sort of universalizing of this of this message can be that you know when we if we're really able to um, see all humanity as being intrinsically valuable and uh, having that kind of worth that perhaps that's how we move closer towards having a sanctuary in our world where all people feel safe and seen and heard yeah it's it, it feels it's so hard because it feels in this day and age like that is a vision that is farther and farther away from reality but yeah. I think is even just articulating the yeah. vision over and over yeah. again and reminding ourselves where we're trying yeah. to head towards is important yeah. well I think as we wrap up I you know I want to bring us full circle and just just offer the the blessing and the prayer that we each in our own lives find places of sanctuary within our own hearts within our families within the communities that we uh, see ourselves as part of and the commitment that we make to be part of communities where we bring those those values of, of, of safety and equality into into our community and ultimately that we that we can live to see the those prophetic uh, visions fulfilled in our world where where you know Jerusalem as a place of metaphor will be a place that all people can can be in sanctuary and in, and in safety I'd like to end by the song that I began with has been set, of course, to to the Hebrew to the Hebrew verse from this week's parsha from Truma, the, the verse that says, "Va'asuli mikdash v'shachanti betocham, make for me a, a holy place, and I will dwell among them, among the people in their hearts." So, offer this as our closing today. 
ועשו לי מהקדש ושכנתי בתוכם ועשו לי מהקדש ושכנתי בתוכם Eli, it's been a, a pleasure um, having this conversation. Thank you very much. Any, any closing thought? Thank you so much for inviting me, and uh, I hope your well wishes around the, uh, both the real and the imagined sanctuary are coming true soon. Amen, amen. Can you hear that song? May it be so. Thank you for listening to A Dash and Drush. We will see you next time.